A Michigan State Spartan drops 20 points and 10-plus rebounds on the heads of a team in the playoffs. Role players step up, suffocating defense, holding a strong offense and star players under 100 points in a game. Is this a time machine? Have I been transported back to 2013? No, it's how the Memphis Grizzlies found a way to get a win without John Moran against the Los Angeles Lakers in game two. We're talking all that and more next here on Locked On Grizzlies. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a happy Thursday edition of Locked On Grizzlies. I am your host, flying solo on this episode of Locked On Grizzlies, Joe Mullinax. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Mullinax. I am a Grizzlies columnist over at Bluff City Media. You can also find my work over at SB Nation. You can find us here on Locked On Grizzlies wherever you get your podcasts. We are free and available here, there, and everywhere. Plus, you can find us over at YouTube. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe. However you get your podcasts, make sure Lockdown Grizzlies is part of your Memphis Grizzlies and NBA content consumption experience. I'm missing my partner, DeMichael Cole. He's a little bit busy uh, covering not just the Grizzlies game to win, but getting ready for a trip out west. He's going, going back, back to Cali, Cali. Uh, Sorry. Notorious B.I.G., I butchered that for you. Uh, But he will be heading out west covering the team as the series transitions to Los Angeles. He will be with you for the Friday edition of Lockdown Grizzlies, talking to you about those travels and all the fun things heading into a pretty important weekend for the Grizzlies. But it was a pretty important Wednesday night for Memphis, and they made it count by the score of 103 to 93, a massive victory over the Los Angeles Lakers. And as we start this triumphant episode of Lockdown Grizzlies, I need to give a special shout out to someone who literally yesterday I was advocating for replacing in the starting lineup, and that's Xavier Tillman. Now, in fairness to me, all right, Xavier Tillman in game one and Xavier Tillman in game two of the series looked like completely different players. Xavier Tillman in game one looked like a player who was an offensive liability. To start game two, he looked that way at times in terms of the way they were using him. I'll get back, I'll get to that here in a moment. Xavier Tillman in game two, once he got going, was the difference for the Memphis Grizzlies without John Morant, Without Brandon Clark, without Steven Adams, it was Xavier Tillman who spent time this season with the Memphis Hustle in the G League because he did not have minutes with the big club. It was X who made the difference in this contest. Credit to him. I am not one that hides from anything. That has not been me. If you have followed my work, my podcast, my written work, dating all the way back to 2013 when I started covering this team, 
I've been doing this for almost a decade, folks. I run from nothing. I hide from no one. And I've caught a lot of flack along the way. This hairline, if you're on YouTube, it used to be thicker. But I will never, never shy away from admitting when somebody does something I didn't expect them to do. And Xavier Tillman came out and was exactly what the Memphis Grizzlies needed in this contest. Because first and foremost, he was physical. He was physical at the point of attack, whether he was defending Anthony Davis, whether he was defending LeBron James, he was physical. And that is how the Memphis Grizzlies, if they are going to win this series, if they're going to find a way to pick up one in Los Angeles and get home court advantage back with or without LeBron, or excuse me, with or without John Moran, that has to be the starting point is physicality. Basketball is a contact sport. It is not a collision sport like football, but basketball is a contact sport. And the Grizzlies did a much better job in game two, led by Xavier Tillman, but others did as well, like the guy that I advocated for starting, David Roddy. But again, X outplayed Roddy. That's neither here nor there. My point is X, Roddy, Jaron Jackson Jr., obviously, Dylan Brooks, these are the guys that need to bring the fight to the Lakers. The Lakers don't want to play that way. Anthony Davis has never wanted to play basketball that way, ever. He is a giant human that plays the game like he's a big that's a guard. He doesn't have the perimeter skills. He doesn't shoot a ton of threes. He uses his body well. He's strong on the block. He's really good on the glass. But he does not like the physical play of basketball. LeBron James used to like it and at times can still play to that capacity. He has the capacity to score, as we saw in game two. But he is also capable of making the poor choice. For whatever reason, the lazy pass, the slow closeout, or no closeout at all, like on the Dylan Brooks game-clenching three late. Sure, Dylan Brooks shooting that shot is probably what the Lakers want. But he's an NBA player. You leave NBA players open enough, they're going to hit threes. Right, Rui Hachimura? So physicality for me is where game two to game one, that was a major shift. And that's going to lead to some fouls. This might shock you. People are going to complain about the officiating in that basketball game. People are going to say, that it was unfair for the Lakers. The Grizzlies shot 21 free throws. The Lakers shot 21 free throws, but that was kind of offset late by the Lakers having to foul when they were down. The Lakers had the lead in that category for much of the game, okay? And it literally finished even to close out the contest. But again, they were fouling the Grizzlies consistently late because it was a, you know, they were trying to get back in the contest. I had no issue with the officiating. Because the Grizzlies were playing physically. And at times when you're physical at the point of attack, at times when you're using your body to try to redirect the momentum of another person, there is going to be a foul. One of the reasons Anthony Davis struggled is because he was not allowed to get to a spot and attack straight up and through the basket. That is 
Anthony Davis so often is dominant when he is able to go straight up and through. You make him fade, he can hit that shot, but not as efficiently. You make him move side to side, and the basket is not just a stationary target. It's sliding one way or the other. Not his strength. You have to find ways to make that guy move. You have to find ways to make him uncomfortable. Desmond Bain on a jump ball, jumping up with Anthony Davis, trying to go for the ball. It's not a dirty play in any sweat, any sense, but his elbow hits AD in the eye. And if you had listened to just the national television broadcast and not seen on television what was happening, you would think it was Rocky Balboa asking Mick to cut him. Cut me, Mick, cut me. My eye's swollen shut. He had a cut on his eye. Basketball is a physical game. It reminded me of the grit and grind era when these guys weren't afraid to get after it physically. And in fairness to Memphis, defensively, they've been strong throughout the season, right? That's been a hallmark of the Taylor Jenkins era as the head coach. They've been good defensively. Obviously, Jaron Jackson Jr. just won Defensive Player of the Year. But it's the way that they did it without John Morant. John Morant's not a grit and grind guy, man. He's not. And that's okay. I'm not talking about his mentality. I'm talking about the way that he plays. That's not Ja. It isn't. Ja is fly through the air. Ja is explosive athleticism. Ja is unlike so anything that Memphis has ever had on their Grizzlies roster. Ever. But when you have Tyus Jones in that role, the comparison by others throughout the season, it's gotten louder. He's like Mike Conley. And tonight, it was Xavier Tillman. On Wednesday night, it was Xavier Tillman that was in the role of Zach Randolph. Not necessarily as the bully on the block, dropping drop steps and hitting pull-up jumpers, but he was opportunistic in his offense. He was aggressive on the offensive glass. Massively important. We've talked about it here before, DeMichael and myself. They like Xavier Tillman because he's closest to what Steven Adams is capable of doing. Xavier Tillman had five offensive rebounds in that game on Wednesday night. Five offensive rebounds. That's Steven Adams. Not as elite as Steven Adams, but that is that level of impact. So if that Xavier Tillman sticks around, the Grizzlies are going to win this series. If they can out-physical the Los Angeles Lakers consistently, the Grizzlies will win because the Lakers are not capable of consistently playing that style of game. That's not the way they want to play. Stylistically, they want to run. They want to pass. The game that LeBron James loves to play doesn't look like what Memphis did. And if the Grizzlies can do that on a nightly basis, especially when Morant is back, the series is uh, going to come back at worst 2-2 for Game 5 as, as uh, things transition out to Los Angeles. We'll talk about some other players who shine beyond Xavier Tillman next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first... This episode of Locked On Grizzlies is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors, for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. 
And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win with the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We're talking other areas of positivity on a positive overall episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. I'm fired up and you should be too. Bring it back next. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax, your host for this episode again on this Thursday edition of the show to Michael Cole. We'll be flying solo on the Friday edition. He'll be coming to you from Los Angeles, going out there as the Grizzlies-Lakers series transitions to L.A. Game three is on Saturday night. Game four is on Monday night. I am not looking forward to that one because it's going to be a late night for your boy, Joe Mullinax. But I'm going to have some energy drinks. I'm going to suck it up, stay up, and uh, do the best I can to give you all the energy you deserve here on Locked On Grizzlies. But we don't have to worry too far down the road just yet. We can still ah, bask in the glow of a Game 2 victory. And we talked about how Xavier Tillman was a massive piece of that on the court Wednesday night. Just really phenomenal how he used his body, the physicality he played with. It was energetic, and it was contagious among the rest of the team. The defensive effort was just much more locked in in this contest. But there were others that really shined through, and they had to because I don't know if you've seen the box score, but Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Desmond Bain shot a combined 16 of 44 from the field in that contest. And again, as we talked about earlier, John Morant didn't play in this game. So your best offensive options outside of Luke Kennard, who we'll talk more about here in a moment, were Bain, Brooks, and Jackson Jr. And outside of some timely offense from Dylan, that's really not good right? 16 of 44. From three, they were four of 15. Four of 15. And the Grizzlies won. That is as grit and grind as it gets. Poor offensive uh, performances from your star players, and yet you still pull out the victory. So credit to the Memphis lineup for finding a way to get that win. We'll start with the impressive showing from Tyus Jones. Again, best backup point guard in the NBA. I've had concerns about him being the best reserve in the NBA, right? Best reserve point guard. He hasn't had the same level of success when Ja is playing. But you can always count on Tyus as a starter to bring it. And he did it again here. Not necessarily as a scorer. His shot was off. Only 0 for 5 from 3. The Memphis Grizzlies as a team were 11 for 36. That's a little bit better than 30%, almost 31% from beyond the arc. So not the best night shooting for them, especially on the perimeter. But you had Tyus dishing out eight assists, several of them to the previously aforementioned Xavier Tillman, only one turnover. One turnover. That elite assist-to-turnover ratio rears its beautiful head once again. And Tyus Jones is just so smart with the basketball. He makes winning basketball choices, beautiful passes, understanding what defenses are trying to do to him. He is cerebral, and he is a technician with the ball in his hands, creating for others. So Tyus had a game that was a little bit undersung because of the efforts of Xavier Tillman. Another one, David Roddy, my guy, right? The guy that I was advocating replacing Xavier Tillman in the starting lineup for. Didn't happen, and it's a good thing it didn't happen. 
But Roddy did get the second most minutes off the bench at 21. We talked about physicality earlier in the show. David Roddy at six foot six, 250 pounds. He brings the physicality, man. He can do exactly what you need him to do against LeBron James. Make him work. That's not to say that LeBron James isn't going to cook a rookie every once in a while. That's arguably the greatest player in the history of basketball. Who cares if he's 38? He can still play at an extremely high level. Is he going to teach Roddy a thing or two at times? Yes. But he's also going to have to earn it at times from a player who physically is not afraid of contact and is willing to go out and play the style that it takes to throw a team like the Lakers off their groove. The Lakers have talent. They have two of the most talented guys in the world at playing the game of basketball on their roster. But between the age and physical possible issues, we've talked about the foot before, of LeBron James, the style of play of Anthony Davis, it's not their thing. Make them uncomfortable. Memphis did a much better job of that, and David Roddy was a key piece of that. And then offensively, he hit three threes. So on a night where Bain is one of six from three, it evens out a little bit with Roddy being a little bit more explosive on his end. Want to shout out Luke Kennard, three for four from beyond the arc. He facilitated a little bit. Didn't get as many assists, but he was part of the reason that the Grizzlies, check this out, the Grizzlies out-rebound the Lakers 49-47 to in game two. Plus two in the rebound margin. And it's because of efforts from Tillman, of course, who had 13 rebounds. But Tyus Jones had six rebounds. Desmond Bain had four. You had Luke Kennard with six. So in 24 minutes off the bench, Kennard has six rebounds. That's extremely important because it shows that they made a concerted effort to crash the glass and try to negate the massive advantage that the Lakers had in that area in game one. And it worked. So it's nice to see, kudos to Taylor Jenkins, adjustments being made. Maybe it's as simple as a kick in the butt and saying we're better than that. But that effort on the glass was simply not there in game one, and it was in game two. That's a good thing. And then last but not least, I would be remiss, right? <laughs> John Conchar is another one that I have been extremely hard on. And I'm going to continue to be extremely hard on John Conchar because you know what he did in 14 minutes? He shot one three. He shot one three-point shot. He was one for three in 14 minutes of play. But he had three assists. He had one steal. He had two rebounds. And he had two blocks. That's right. He had two blocks. Both of them against Anthony Davis. You heard me right. I know you just did a double take. You're listening to this in your car while you're working out, something like that. Wherever you are, you Joe, there's no way that John Consar, Jitty, Jitty had two blocks on Anthony Davis. Even if you watch the game, you don't believe that that happened. I promise it did. Check it out. Go to the highlights. Check them out on YouTube. Check them out on Twitter. John Conchar got his opportunity and he made the most of it. Does that mean he should continue to get it? He deserves another run. But I like that David Roddy got more minutes than Conchar did. I like that David Roddy got more minutes than Santi Aldama did. Santi Aldama is not really about that physicality life, at least not at this stage of his career. He had seven rebounds in 14 minutes, which was his contribution to the win. But Santi didn't score. It was David Roddy. It was Luke Kennard. It was those two, again, the Grizzlies bench, Roddy and Kennard combined for 22 points. The only other guy that scored was Conchar. Impressive, impressive 
showings from the entire team. Six guys in double figures. And again, the seventh guy, Roddy, was nine. He was almost in double figures. It was a team effort. They really did an impressive job finding themselves and finding a way to win against a team that clearly didn't respect them. I think that's fair to say. And that's the Lakers' fault. That's going to be the national narrative of all of this, is the Lakers just were lazy. Okay, well, then Darvin Ham should be ashamed of himself. He didn't have his players ready to play. Just like Taylor Jenkins didn't have the Grizzlies ready to play. But it wasn't for a lack of effort. They just didn't execute. If you're literally going to say that the Lakers didn't care and that's why they lost, okay, then your coach is not reaching his players. Which maybe that is the case. Maybe the players have too much control and you know that's not something that Memphis has to worry about because LeBron James chose Los Angeles and uh, wanted, wanted to be closer to the movies, right? But I digress. We are going to finish up this Victory Thursday edition of Locked on Grizzlies, taking a look ahead, how they can translate what they did on Wednesday night and connect it to Saturday night as the series turns to Los Angeles. Because as good as the Grizzlies played at home this season, if Memphis had lost game two, it would have been the first time they had lost back-to-back games at home the entire season, right? So as good as Memphis has been in FedEx Forum, they have been not as good on the road. So saying the Lakers are going to win game three and game four out in L.A., certainly possible. How can they stop that? How can they earn back home court advantage? We'll start that conversation next here on Locked on Grizzlies. Welcome back to Locked on Grizzlies. I am your host for this episode, Joe Mullinax, flying solo again to Michael Cole with the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee, is my co-host usually, but a little bit busy getting ready for his trip out to La La Land, going to cover game three and four for the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis. I am Joe Mullinax of Bluff City Media and SB Nation. Thank you so much for joining me on this happy, happy, happy episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. Can't stress that enough. Woo! You should have seen some of the depressing tweets and takes over the last couple of days. But thankfully, we don't have to worry about that. The series is split, just like it was last year. For whatever reason, the Grizzlies like to lose game one. They win game two more often than not. And now things head west and things get a little more interesting as Memphis tries to find a way to get home court advantage back. I'll let DeMichael on Friday's episode really dive in to what the series will look like out in L.A. Obviously, he'll be out there. I'll let him talk about John Morant's hand. Hopefully, we have a better update on that coming out of Thursday's and Friday's practices, all those sorts of things. Hopefully, with a couple of days and extra treatment, Ja is able to play in Game 3. Because, again, contrary to popular belief, apparently, the Grizzlies are not better without John Morant. They're just different. I think that as the series goes out West, I've talked a lot about physicality on this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. That needs to continue to be part of the equation. But LA is going to have an increase in energy. If you think back to our crossover episode of Lockdown Grizzlies, we have the Kemeneski brothers with us. They talked about how there hasn't been a home playoff series for the Lakers since the pandemic, right? because the bubble championship happens. And then in the 2021-2022 season, you obviously don't make the playoffs. So they haven't really had a playoff run where the vaunted Laker home court advantage 
was there. And in fairness, it will be there on Saturday night. So how the Grizzlies respond to that as a team that has not had much success on the road this season is most certainly something worth watching out for. You have to expect role players like the Malik Beasley's of the world to shoot better on the road. You have to expect that to happen. Somebody's going to get hot. They're going to cook. And it's going to be in a, a bad time for Memphis. There's going to be some adversity there. You have to expect that Anthony Davis is going to come out guns a-blazing in game three because all the national narratives are going to be kind of what I just talked about on this episode, that AD can't handle the physicality, that he doesn't like playing that style of game, that he got a cut on his eye and all of it went to heck. He's going to come out ready to play. And you know LeBron is going to be energized after another two days off because the rest of the series, it's every other game, every other night. So you have game three on Saturday, game four on Monday, then game five is Wednesday. So they travel to Memphis and then they play again. There is no two nights off the rest of the series heading into uh, beyond game three. So I think the Lakers are going to have a real sense of urgency to pick up game three to regain the advantage that they have and put Memphis back on their heels. So how do the Grizzlies counter that? They need to continue to find ways to pressure three-point shooters. And I think that uh, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. You either trust Dylan Brooks or you don't with LeBron James. And I would lean in to Dylan going into Los Angeles and being the bad guy. They're going to boo him. Trust, as scary as that is to say out loud, Dylan Brooks to go and be the guy to slow down LeBron and limit the times that you double him. Make him be the scorer that he doesn't want to be. Not saying that he's not capable of being it. Because again, he had a solid offensive night. As poorly as Anthony Davis played, LeBron was 12 of 23. And he was one for eight from three. So do the math on that. That means he was 11 for 15 inside the three-point line. LeBron had what he wanted. But he doesn't want to be that. He wants AD. He wants D'Angelo Russell to a much lesser extent. He wants these other guys to be the ones that take over the scoring. Make him be the scorer. Let Dylan prioritize that physicality and only double when it's absolutely necessary. Only do it when you have situations in the half court where you don't have as much of a threat on the perimeter shooting. Jared Vanderbilt's a great example. That would be a time where you double off of him. Whoever's defending Jared Vanderbilt, and you close off that cutting lane as best you can. But other than that, you throw Dylan Brooks and you throw David Roddy and you say, go be physical. You each have six fouls. Play the game. And that will allow you to have less space opened up to a Rui Hachimura for three, who at home, as a role player, it makes more sense for him to hit that shot. He'll be more comfortable. Same thing with Austin Reeves, who did not have his best shooting game. Reeves was five for 12, 12 points, below his average that we've talked about of about 19 over the last 15 or so games. So you can expect Reeves to have a better performance. Credit to the Grizzlies' defense. Desmond Bain and Luke Kennard in particular had numerous 
possessions defending Reeves that were much better in terms of effort, in terms of execution, especially execution. Because I'm not going to say that the Grizzlies weren't trying in game one because that's lazy analysis. Uh, this is not a national broadcast. This is locked on Grizzlies. You expect more from me. They weren't moving their feet. They were reaching too much. It was lazy execution on the defensive end. They did much better in game two. The Grizzlies did. They moved their feet, had their bodies positioned well, had good hand placement, throwing off lines of sight to the rim when shots did go up. So how they limit those opportunities, they have to give themselves better positioning on those closeouts of shooters. They have to understand that Anthony Davis, he's the guy you double. He's the guy that you say, no, 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 you're not going to beat us. You make him dish out the assists. You make him be the creator. LeBron James is phenomenal at that. And he probably will be up until he retires. But you do not let Anthony Davis dictate the tone of the game. So much of this goes through Anthony Davis, and it brings us full circle back to Xavier Tillman. Because if Xavier Tillman is able to do, he outplayed Anthony Davis. And that's what you're going to hear for the next 48 hours. How remarkable it is that this second-round pick who played in the G League at stretches this season was able to outplay, arguably, the most dominant two-way big in the NBA when he's healthy. Joel Embiid is rolling his eyes somewhere. But Anthony Davis is up there. He's up there. He's at worst when he is on the third best big in the NBA behind Jokic and behind Embiid. No, no offense to Sabonis in Sacramento. Davis, two-way player impact. It's AD. How they dictate the tempo to him. Don't let AD do it. And so much of that is dependent on Tillman because of how he can defend Davis. Make him move. Don't let him be in a place where he can set his feet, get to his rhythm, find his spots, be physical with him. And trust that at times your help defense like Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to come over. Jaron did a better job of that in this game. You could tell that the rotations were cleaner. You could tell that the execution, the understanding of the game plan, it was all much more succinct. Is that because Ja Morant wasn't on the floor? No. Because Ja has done some good things defensively this year. He did some good things defensively in game one. If John Morant is back, it adds an offensive element that the Grizzlies could have used in this game in game two. And you don't lose as much on the defensive end as long as Jaw is invested, which again, time and time again this year, he has shown growth in that area. So I am excited about the direction of the series. I am excited for Xavier Tillman, who again, I don't want to speak for DeMichael, but he's done it. I most certainly have done it, so I'll speak for myself. At times, I wrote him off, even as recently as Wednesday's episode. Kudos to him. A really impressive performance. And he helped, much like he did last season, rejuvenate the chances and hopes of the Memphis Grizzlies in this playoff run. Thank you for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen today. Special shout-out to our everydayers. Folks that come along for the ride here on Lockdown Grizzlies each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, 
all those fun things. On our Friday edition of Locked On Grizzlies, it'll be to Michael Cole coming to you from Los Angeles, talking to you about Game 3. I'm sure there will be some John Moran updates, some further analysis on how things have been covered, looking into Game 3, what the narratives are, how it's the Lakers being bad and not the Grizzlies being good. All those fun things I'm sure will be discussed on the Friday edition of Locked On Grizzlies. Make sure you're joining DeMichael for that. I will see you next on the Monday episode of Locked On Grizzlies. Obviously, Game 3 into Game 4 will be our focus. DeMichael will still be out in L.A. Hopefully, he gets me a souvenir. But until I see you again and until you all see DeMichael for our end-of-the-week show on Friday, stay locked in, Grizzlies fans. I am Joe Mullinax. And this is Locked On Grizzlies.